Bullet with Butterfly Wings from the Smashing Pumpkins 1995 Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Cool track. Billy Corgan brought his A-game on this song. A lot to say. Uh, And today we have with us Dave and Tyler from the Pulp Christian Podcast. This one was a lot of fun, folks. Buckle up. Stay tuned. We're ready to rock. Welcome to the Song and Verse Podcast, a discovery of God's Word, one song and a few verses at a time. Here's your host, Rockin' Odd Todd. Hello and welcome to the Song and Verse Podcast, a discovery of God's Word through song and verse. I am your host, Rockin' Odd Todd, and we're so glad you decided to join us today. The Smashing Pumpkins were a pretty big phenomenon in the, in the 90s. Uh, this band was so unique. Uh, really, really different, incredible musicians, and uh, their songs were a little dark, and they kind of stretched over many genres like goth rock, heavy metal, dream pop, psychedelic rock, and progressive rock. It's pretty interesting to watch their career evolve, Um, but the song Bullet with Butterfly Wings has a lot to say, and there's a lot in there about real life and just the way that we treat each other. And we'll talk a little bit about that today in this episode. But I was really, really excited to sit down with Dave and Tyler today from the Pulp Christian Podcast, in which they discuss the highs and woes of modern Christianity. And these guys were really cool to sit down with because these dudes are not afraid to talk about anything, which I think is really, really awesome. And the honesty and and just the genuine, honest approach that they bring to life And talking about that and applying that to Scripture and seeing where it may or may not be a part of what a Christian should actually be doing was pretty good stuff. I really, really enjoyed talking to these guys. And come to find out, Dave had actually spent quite a bit of time in in the city of Louisville, which I was born and raised. It was really cool how the Lord does that sometimes and gives you a link and an element to, to connect with one another right off the bat, which is really cool. And there was a lot to learn in this conversation, and I thought it was a lot of fun. And I hope you guys really enjoyed it as much as I did. And with that, we have Tyler and Dave with us today from the Pulp Christian Podcast. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. So I want to know more about what, you know, Pulp Christian Podcast is all about. How did it start? How did you guys meet? Let's let's know a little bit about what's going on with you guys. Well, Dave, he... uh... He got invited to do a podcast with an atheist that was going to be kind of like pro-atheist. And the, and the guy was trying to bill it to him like it would be good for Christianity too. And we, um, I also at the same time wanted to do a podcast. So as we were talking about that, we thought, let's just do both. Well, both of us are Christian podcasts. And so, yeah, yeah we, we were uh, really excited about the idea immediately and pretty much went to like Guitar Center that day and bought and bought yeah. some stuff so and uh right shortly before that um so i got saved recently well i got saved uh, october 20th of 2019 so almost okay. e- almost a year but yeah when we first started you know i was still only a few months old you know as a christian mm-hmm. and so uh baby, boy. baby little baby christian um I was living in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. I was oh, wow. a I was born and raised in Louisville. Really? Yeah. I was a writer and a director at a production company, and I had a, a really cool job, um, and it all just sort of fell apart, and I ended up moving back here to Iowa and ended up getting saved. And uh, me and Tyler have been friends for, I mean, over 10 years mm-hmm. at this point. So um, How'd you yeah, guys got, meet up? So he... He just got saved recently, but we were in the same church. He was there as like a, you know, sort of a religious, non-saved person. Mm-hmm. And we were roommates. Um, we were in the same Bible study. We, yeah, we went, been, we went through a lot together back then. Um, we're like frenemies for a while. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, like it was sort of the thing where when his life fell apart, it wasn't exactly like uh, shocking, you know, but he's way different today than he ever was. This is not like a temporary thing in my mind. It was, it's vastly different. He's totally become a different person. And so we thought, you know, what do you do with a baby Christian who doesn't know anything? You 
have other people ask him for you know spiritual advice yeah as the expert <laughs> but actually he you know he was reading the bible with me for like 10 years before right so, so he he was always very theologically minded and really into that stuff even back then so 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 i mean i'm curious about that so so dave what was the what was the light switch moment like what what really catapulted it further? Because I think this speaks to a lot of people. That's the reason I wanted yeah. to go down that. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. you know, a relationship versus religion kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So a bit about my life before I was a Christian. So uh, I was openly gay and just sort of, that was just kind of part of my identity. I, uh, I was living in Louisville, Kentucky. I had a really cool job. I worked on a lot of, you know, I got to work with a lot of famous people. I uh, was partying all the time. Basically, you know, I had a, from a worldly standpoint, I had a pretty cool life. Yeah. You know, I, I just did whatever I wanted. I, you know, slept with whoever I wanted, did as many drugs as I could. And- uh, Don't make a Michael W. Smith music video. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm actually in it. I'm, I'm in one of Michael W. Smith's music videos. That's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a million lights. Okay. So that all kind of fell apart through a series of very weird circumstances. And I ended up moving back here to Iowa. Um, so you're originally from Iowa? No, I'm originally from Port Townsend, Washington. Okay, okay. So Washington State. And, uh, you know, my life totally fell apart. I, I ended up in, in a rehab, drug and alcohol rehab in Florida, then moved back here. I got a job as a janitor, you know, I was super depressed. And so what I started, I started, uh, for some reason, just having more of an interest in God again. Mm -hmm. And I always thought, you know, because I was gay, I couldn't be a Christian because those things are just, they don't work together. So I pretty much written that out in my mind. Like, you know, if I go to hell, you know, I don't know what, I can do about it because you God made me gay. Right. So, you know, I uh, moved back here, got a job as a janitor. Um, I'd get home from work every day and just sort of smoke weed and just sort of not do anything. And I started lit randomly listening to uh, sermons online by, you know, John Piper or Paul Washer. And uh, just one day randomly I was, my usual routine, got off work, um, smoking, and I was listening to uh, a sermon by uh, John Piper. It was called uh, How to Know If You're a Christian. And just, there was just, as he was talking, it just started to make more sense. Like it just clicked with me on another level. Um, even though I had heard, I knew the gospel, you know, I had shared the gospel with people. <laughs> you know, I, I knew yeah. more theology than, than a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, there was just this one point while I was watching this video that um, Piper says something about how, you know, you know, you're a Christian if you hate your sin and something like that. And something just clicked in me and I just felt overwhelmed emotionally and I just started crying. And, you know, that was the moment that I got saved. I didn't pray a prayer. I didn't, you know, I was just alone it was like a million things in my mind were all going on. It was like, I understood my sin. I was like, I, I hate my sin. I hate the way I've been living. You know, it, it's brought nothing but pain and suffering. And I know that, you know, Jesus is the only thing that can help me. And like, I had all those realizations kind of at once. And then I thought about it and I was like, well, I'm high right now. So I might, <laughs> I might not feel this way in a, in a day or two. So I waited about two weeks before I really told anyone, but the feeling didn't go away. And I just started noticing changes in myself. I started becoming convicted of things, of sin that before wasn't a big deal to me. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started telling people, you know, I, I think I just got saved. And it just, you know, ever since then, you know, it hasn't been easy, but it has, you know, undeniably been the best thing that's ever happened to me. You know, I, I know for a fact that, you know, I have the Holy Spirit and 
I was born again in that moment. And um, yeah, and so it, it was really just kind of strange because it was just me alone smoke. I was literally smoking weed and I got saved. <laughs> you, know, you know, God can, God will bring you out of anything. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. Sounds like yeah. the guitarist from corn, right? Oh, like, totally. Like, yeah. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people would probably frown upon this, but I can tell you that the Lord has spoken to me in many, many scenarios and a Bible, a cigar and a, a glass of bourbon, um, on more than one occasion, I've, I've been told a few things and, you know, not in any drunken stupor or anything of that nature, but he could speak whichever way he wants in whatever fashion. And, uh, you know, I think a certain amount of the church and uh, just the religion aspect of it all could learn a lot from that. Um, but Tyler, I want to hear from you. So, so what's your background in all this and how did you come to this point as well? Yeah. So my story is also pretty wild, but I'll be, I'll be brief. Um, so I was real crazy in college. I was kind of nerdy in high school. So I just went buck yeah. wild college. I reinvented myself you know, I was like into like Japanese, like death metal. And I tried to like dress like those dudes with like wild bleach, you know, pink hair and stuff. Yeah. That's a Japanese tattoo. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so I, that's mine to reveal. <laughs> just kidding. Um, and so, yeah, like just super obsessed with women. I cheated on every girl, girl I was ever with. And then, moved to Kansas City and was super serious with like this uh you know kind of punk girl there and then I ended up moving or sorry so I this guy who's like my best friend in Des Moines asked me to come to Des Moines help help hook him up with this girl this atheist girl they're both atheists and in, so I did that but instead me and her ended up hooking up and as we talked like I told her you know because I kind of grew up in the church off and on too. And I knew a little bit about like apologetics and C.S. Lewis. And so I told her she should read Mere Christianity by mm -hmm. C.S. Lewis. And so she did. And somehow like in that same day became totally saved. And she goes to the church that I go to now still to this day. Wow. Um, and is, you know, is just a wonderful person. And so she now no longer like wanted to, date me and you know stalk me and stuff like she was totally different <laughs> like uninterested in me in that way from that point on just wanted me to like get saved right and she was totally different to the point where I knew every Christian I had ever met in life didn't hold a candle to her and I didn't either and so you know that comparing yourself to each other game where you play and think like I'm doing okay because like I sin just as much as the other kids in my church right um but she was wild and and so I prayed that God would bring me to Des Moines if if there's such a thing as like real New Testament Christianity, um, not just people playing games. And uh I was totally broke. We had like a thirteen hundred dollar lease to break if I was gonna move out and try to follow God in Des Moines, um, where we both live now. And I just prayed like God bring me there if if you want me to follow you. If these people are real, then bring me there, figure out my lease, figure out my roommate situation. And within a week, my roommate wanted, my roommate's parents wanted her to move out to go help with something. And they paid to break our lease. And even though she wasn't going through Des Moines or shouldn't have been, they had a U-Haul going through Des Moines. And so they just loaded me up for free and dropped me off like wow. a month of praying that. And so I was in Des Moines and people at this church that the, the God led this girl to immediately started sharing the gospel with me. And I basically watched a Jesus movie and uh, saw the story of the prodigal son, heard Jesus preaching that to like uh, tax collectors and prostitutes in the movie. And, you know, when he basically says like a doctor doesn't come for the healthy, but the sick. And in the same way, I haven't come for um, the righteous, but the sinner, I thought, hold on, like I qualify for that. And so, <laughs> yeah, the, basically what Dave described, it happened to me too. I was just very aware of my sin, specifically of how I just disregarded God 
and didn't care about him at all in my life. And that was sort of the overwhelming repentant sin, I guess, that hit me. Yeah, you know, but I don't know about you, for you guys, but it's like when that happens, though, it's it's not like this it's not like this judgmental boulder on your back. It's more of like a loving, it, a, a loving conviction. It's completely like that. Yeah. Um, I felt like, I don't know where the verse is, but when, when Jesus says my, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I totally felt when you live a life of sin, it wears on you. Like mm. it just yep. physically. And the moment I was saved, I felt literally like, you know, in Pilgrim's Progress, I was just gonna say when, that. when he takes that backpack off, I felt that way. Yeah, and I completely understood that my sin has not only been paid for, but like God loves me, and I'm, you know, totally forgiven. Mm -hmm. And I did not feel, I felt guilty for my sin because I, because I hurt, you know, I sinned against God, but like, in no way did I feel like God was mad at me at that point. jabbing his finger it, in your you face know, he, it was yeah. like he's saying welcome home like i love you um yeah yeah totally it's it's like a you know um it's almost like a parent type you know relationship where you know yeah. and i know not everybody has had you know the, the greatest parental role or gods or um influences or whatever but when you really start to figure that 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 relationship out it's like those guidelines aren't there in place to like give us dictator type, you know, rules. They're like, because I love you. I'm telling you to live this way. It's a better life. Come follow me, you know, yeah. that kind of deal. But sure. um, so, you know, I, I've looked over a few of your episodes. I've seen aliens. I've seen homosexuality. <laughs> I've seen divorce. I've seen all kinds of stuff. You're, you guys are talking about how, how do you come to what this episode's going to be about? And, you know, yeah. What what is it that really kind of drives pulp Christianity? Because it's the perfect name for the topics you guys are talking about. It just fits. It's great. Well, thanks. That's nice. Um, we we honestly most seventy five percent of the time we take questions from our listeners, and sometimes and, and, I have to and how can they get a hold of you to to ask those questions? How do you do that? Oh, sure. Yeah, well, we have. Uh, we basically cornered the market on the name Pulp Christian. So luckily, if you Google us, everything's easy to find. But so Facebook is Pulp Christian Podcast and uh, Instagram is the same. So if if you follow us there or honestly, just like friend Dave and myself, like if you, you know, if you find us through the other channels, um, either way, just people will just ask us questions there. Sometimes we'll post a post on Facebook and say, Hey, we're recording this week. Does anybody have any questions? And mm. yeah, sometimes, you know, like a girl was like, what do you guys think about QA non? We're like, you know, and I'm like nervous about that. I'm like, I don't know what I'd say about that. And then Dave was like, no, we got to do it. And it was like one of our best episodes. So sometimes it does feel very like, I don't know how this is going to go. We're going to talk about aliens because somebody asked about aliens mm -hmm. or, you know, about gender roles, which we just got a question about, which we're probably going to have to do next week. So it's going to be hard, but like, yeah, I mean, we just do whatever. Yeah. And sometimes like specifically the divorce topic, sometimes we'll pull from our own experiences. Uh, you know, both me and Tyler's families have been affected by divorce. And so I thought, you know, that, that'd be a good topic. There's a lot of people that have themselves been divorced or their parents and, you know, what does the Bible say about it? What are the parameters of is you know is it okay or is it a sin and sure. so it's kind of all over yeah and i think we our main if there's one thing that kind of transcends each episode or is consistent each episode is well one we try to be like a little bit goofy and so it's not just super dry but also we try to be really honest because we've both been really affected by phony christianity in very negative ways and in some cases, we've both been negatively negatively affected by my phony Christianity in the past. And, uh, you know, just putting like rules on people and, and not being super honest about your own struggles and just showing up to Bible study like you've got it all together and, you know, not letting the veneer crack and stuff like that. So we try to be really 
honest, like sometimes maybe too honest, but it's, you know, it's fun. Because the, with, with me, I, you know, like I was saying earlier, you know, I was a hot mess. And so I want to be as open as possible about, hey, I've been through, you know, essentially most things that people can go through from sexual assault to drug addiction, mental problem. You know, I've been through so many things. It's like, I really feel like God can redeem that. And if the way that he does that is just me being open about it, you know, maybe someone out there will hear that who has had similar things and be like, all right, well, this guy made it through, (laughs) you know, I'm not, I'm not beyond saving or beyond literally anything's possible if Dave can do it. Yeah, dude, my I've been through the ringer. Well, you lived in Louisville, Kentucky, man, so I, <laughs> I completely understand that. I, you know, um, but no, but I think what you guys are talking about is is so refreshing because I don't know about you all, but so I grew up in the church. Um, denominationally, I don't really sit well with anybody, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that's like, I'm going to read the Bible. Uh, I'm, I may look at five or six different versions of that Bible of, of, of a certain passage, trying to figure out what it, you know, actually says. Um, and I, I guess what I, what I really, really just struggle with is the fact that we can go to church on Sunday. And like you just said, Tyler, put on our, you know, veneer, so to speak, and don't really get anywhere near where we need to get and it's 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 those small group scenarios that we really kind of break through at some point it sort of seems like at this day and age but nobody's really talking about their struggles nobody's really talking about real life and to have a christian podcast where you guys are doing that i think you're 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 spot on i mean i think it's really cool you know like you were saying um dave about about being too, too honest. And I don't, I just don't think there's a such thing. I think, you know, I think, I think you open the can of worms and you spill it out over the place and, you know, you, you start eating them worms. If you have to put some ketchup on them, then you still got to eat them. But it's like, yeah. you know, we're going to talk about them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. You know, like I'm sure you, since you have a podcast, you know a little bit about this too, but like the more honest you are, the sort of more, open you are for ridicule and then like when you talk about stuff from your past you don't know who from your past is listening you know and could be like you know I remember Tyler from college or Dave from Kentucky and the fact that you think you know whatever like you're a joke and it's like I mean that's not wrong but you know Mm -hmm. so it it's always a risk but it the opposite is so so bad and it produces nothing but other people who think christianity is like a religious you know competition so it's it's worth it and the way the way because i've thought about that too because i guess in the gay community i'd be considered anathema now because you know i'm sort of the the guy who you know left it and is now saying it's bad and it's like i've i've wondered you know if if people are going to come out of the woodwork and try to discredit me or whatever. And my answer to that is, yeah, I was, I did all those things, you know, I was, I was crazy, but that proves my point that God can save anybody. And so yeah, I'm really not worried about that in the sense of like ruining my reputation because my identity and my hope is in Christ and you know, I'm, I guess I'm just not really worried about what people would say about me. Well, and, and, and coming from this, from a musical perspective, you know, we've talked, Tyler and I talked a little bit about, you know, some of my past and, you know, the, the blog I've written and stuff like that about music, but there's a lot of these guys that have just lived crazy, crazy lives that are coming back to the faith. And, you know, I don't know where you guys come from on a musical, um, platform or, or you know like likes as far as genres and stuff like that but Blackie Lawless from the band Wasp do you remember the band Wasp back in the 80s okay uh-huh. I was born so, in 83 but I but I don't know I missed them 
Well, I was never a huge Wasp fan, um, but basically they were like, I mean, he he acted pretty much like a Satanist, so to speak. Real, you know, in the eighties, like that that whole hair metal stuff had this occult kind of laced into some of it. You know, Motley yeah. Crue and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so Blackie Lawless was the lead singer of Wasp. And if you get a chance, go look them up because they were crazy. I mean, he had like a circular saw blade for his like jock strap and all this other stuff. I mean, and he'd shoot firecrackers out of his crotch and all kinds of craziness. Who was the guy? uh, Oh, what was his name? He like went on Phil Donahue and was like, I am coming after your kids. I am trying to corrupt your kids. Uh, he was like King, a musician. King Diamond or somebody like that? I don't know. You know like, he would often perform naked and like... Gosh, I would, don't know. Sounds like Marilyn Manson. You know, Dave, You know, he was named after David Lee Roth. Were yeah. you really? Yeah, my name is David Lee Allen Pendris. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, Van Halen was not Van Halen without David Lee Roth. They were Van Hagar. It's just a fact. <laughs> so, Loved them both, but they were two different bands completely. Yeah. Sure. Um, but anyway, with Blackie Lawless, he's now recently in like the past four or five years come to the faith and is like a diehard Christian. Really? And, and he had this song called F Like an Animal in the 80s. And I can't remember what else it was called, but The Beast or something like that. I can't remember. But, you know, there's certain songs from the catalog he won't do anymore. And that was one of them. Yeah. And he's been asked questions before, like, you know, you know, you, you claim to be a Christian now, but how can you call yourself that with all those kids that were screaming that song, you know, in concert, this is kind of going to what you guys were talking about. And and he's like, this gives me the opportunity to talk about my faith now because I don't do that song. And if somebody comes in and asks me, why aren't you doing that song? Well, let me sit down and tell you why we don't do that song now. Yeah. And, and so, and, and the only other one that comes to mind a whole lot to me is the apostle Paul, who was basically a ser- serial killer out to just yeah. kill off Christians and Christianity. And, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, you know, he, nowadays he probably would have qualified as a psychopath mm-hmm. or sociopath. I mean, yeah. He well, was, I don't know if you've ever read Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer apparently came to Christ. I heard and, that. And uh, his, his pastor wrote a book about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if Christianity was a man-centered religion based on like our own, you know, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and stuff, then the critics of people like that would be 100% right. You know, like you don't seem like that good of a Christian or you weren't always a moral person. It's like then they would have a leg to stand on, I guess, with that argument. But since it's not like that and it's all by the grace of God and you know, even if I fall today, I've done some pretty heinous stuff as a Christian, you know, but it's like, I wasn't saved by my good works. And like Galatians says, it's like, I don't continue to operate by that same metric now. So yeah, yeah. like nobody's going to judge me harder than I judge myself anyways. <laughs> so. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's really the kind of box that we're supposed to be in anyway. If there's somebody else looking into your life, you know, outside of like, you know, close personal friends and people you're in relationship with that can really kind of help guide you. Accountability type. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I I think Tyler, you and I even talked a little bit about this um, in chat, but I kind of have a little bit of a problem with the American gospel documentary on netflix and it's not so much that they're calling people out but it's how they're doing it you know i don't necessarily feel like we should be calling each other out as christians on a stage or a platform so to speak i think if you have a problem with somebody you do that in private and you know if you have a relationship with somebody do it there don't don't be so quick to point fingers because man somebody can dig right into your your walk and your faith and probably find something as well you know yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be cool if like, I, in on one level, I do appreciate the documentary, like as far as the knowledge that it brings. And on another hand, it would be cool if like, you know, like how, like if they just had interviews with the people themselves, right? And, you know, let that, yeah. 
it wasn't like here's some footage we found of you it was more like you know if you say out of your own mouth that you believe something crazy then <laughs> like yeah. i've on the on our podcast i've gone after certain people that i think are false teachers and the reason i do that is because it's so easy for people to believe lies because they just maybe they don't know the bible very well or maybe they're not christians and they're searching there's so many false doctrines out there that are dangerous that well on the one you know i, I agree with you but on the other hand it's like i do feel it is important to call out certain things and tell other people like hey this is not accurate what this person's saying you shouldn't you know this isn't biblical or whatever um like you can't like don't read the secret you can't just wish peanut butter into existence yeah sure sure yeah. <laughs> I, I i guess where i'm coming from on it is i've followed a certain amount of those people i've watched some todd white stuff i've watched some stephen fertick stuff and when i say follow i mean that really loosely you know i've seen a yeah. sermon here or there or whatever and i That's didn't true. yeah and i didn't disagree with you know, a lot of what was being preached there. So like you're saying, I think you're right on in the fact of, okay, you said this, what did you mean by that? And, you know, you've got 556 sermons, but it's sermon number four that I have a problem with. And it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. are we going to nitpick every single thing we do on a daily basis? And, and you're, you were about to say something. I well, I was just, um, Dave, for me, the, the faith healer. So I was raised assemblies of God. And, uh, so like I have a, you know, like I've been to Benny Hinn, I, mm -hmm. my family, you know, we went to his crusade, his healing crusades. Uh, there was another guy, he's dead now. His name was RW Shambach. He was mm -hmm. another faith healer. So like, I personally have been to those. So, you know, for me now that I'm a Christian, I look at that and I'm like, you know, this stuff is not of God. Sure. And, you know, I personally have been there and, you know, I didn't meet Benny Hinn in person, but like I, you know, I was there. I don't hate those people, but also for me, it's like, it, it really bothers me. You know, false teaching just really pisses me off. Well, sure. like, so Honestly. the difference is, so Dave, like Dave is really blunt, but what, if you were to press him, what, like, as I have, what he means is like, so we've, on a, one of our most recent episodes, we talked at great length about like uh, Bill Johnson. And the issue is not like always the stuff that gets communicated. We have a really good friend that listens, that thinks the exact same way as us, who listens to Bill Johnson sometimes. The, the issue is not always like, you know, like what's in a specific song or what's in a specific sermon, but like, if there are specific instances of like somebody manipulating somebody, you know, like in that movie, American gospel, um, Todd white. Yeah. The Todd white thing where he's like messing with the, the feet and, and they like, you know, whether you believe this or not, like the, I'm just using that as an example, but let's say the movie is accurate that he's like manipulating people's feet into making them think they got healed. Like that is not, him being like innocently wrong on a topic he knows he knows what he's doing that would be him intentionally like manipulating somebody in the name of god if if big if that documentary is assessing right. things correctly right and so like on the hypothetical if then that's a wild thing to do to sure like, sure you know to trick people in the name of god uh for like status or money or whatever yeah. is just an insane thing. And so I think Dave gets really fired up about that kind of stuff. And so do I, but you know, well, I, I guess, I guess where I would go down that is, have you guys seen the WP film stuff with Darren the guy's name is Darren Wilson and, uh -oh. and uh, check out WP film at some point. Cause he hooked up with Todd white. He hooked up with corn. He hooked up with, um, this guy, I think guy's name is Chad Norris out of Georgia. Um, does that sound that familiar, Chad Norris? Does that name ring a bell? Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, um, Chad Norris. But they also, I think they, they hooked up with Bethel and all those churches too. And I understand where you're coming from because I'm very, very skeptical as well. But 
I've also seen some pretty crazy things happen right before my eyes that I couldn't yeah. explain as oh, well. Yeah. So I'm not, uh, I'm not a cessationist. Um, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty reformed, but like, sure. I don't believe, I don't believe you can make a very strong biblical case for cessationism. So I'm open to God. I mean, I, since I've become a Christian, I've had, god answer prayers instantly sure. in such weird ways and i'm like this was the holy spirit so yeah. right i'm not against that but when it's fake i am against that yeah and, and i i guess i guess it's really tough to tell yeah. and and uh you know yeah. and and really it kind of leads us into the song we're looking at talking about you know bullet with butterfly wings and billy corgan because it's really about knowing heart and fruit and all that good kind of stuff. And I don't know so many of these people well enough to make that indication on my own. And I guess that's my problem Yeah, is, is yeah. if I don't know you well enough to make that on that call on my own, then it's kind of, it's, it's a difficult place for me to even take a stance on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like when Francis Chan went and preached at like a super charismatic church, or convention people gave him so much crap because they they said he was like aligning himself with them and he called them brothers like how dare you call them brothers it's like i don't know if you can get mad at somebody because when he went there basically what he did was preach like the message that in my opinion they needed to hear which was sort of like hey i'm super glad that you're excited about the gifts of god don't get distracted so much that you miss god kind of mm -hmm. a message and it's like what like what you're doing and hating people is just lobbing stones over a wall at them and saying their theology is bad. What he did is he went there and said, let's get like a little more on track biblically in, yeah. like at their location, which is the I mean, for me, the, it was like the best thing you could do. So, What were you going to say, them, Dave? You look like you were going to say something. Well, I was going to I was going to say something about the song, but I didn't want to derail. Oh, well, th there's just one other thing I, I really kind of wanted to look at there real quick with you. So I see it completely what you're saying there, because, you know, and I take a lot of heat for this, for the whole brother, sister, family mentality. But mm -hmm. you know how you've got like, you're, you're, you, we, we've got family we don't even know and we've never, ever met as far as, you know, biologically or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you've got your immediate family or close friends or, you know, whoever you call that inner circle. Well, I kind of view humanity as the same way. You know, everybody's my brother and sister in humanity and in, in, in creation and, and being a, you know, a creation of God. But then when I think of believers, those are my brothers and sisters in Christ. Am I making sense? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And nobody gets, nobody gets any less love. And I think sometimes as Christians, people do that. They, they think that if they're not a believer, then they don't, they're not, for whatever reason, they shouldn't get the same amount of love that their brothers and sisters in Christ do. And I think that's so dangerous. Yeah. Um, agreed. But, um, but no, we, we can go down the avenue a little bit with Smashing Pumpkins because this is a great, a great song. And Tyler, did, did you, did you and Dave pick this out together or Tyler, did you pick this out? Who? I did actually, our pastor read like the entire lyrics of this song, like maybe, I don't know, eight years ago or something. Wow. And uh, he talked about it in his sermon, like at length. And I have, I liked the song before that, but I sort of saw it in a new way. Yeah. So was Smashing Pumpkins a band that both you guys liked or? Uh, me, I don't know if they've... I, when it comes to music, I'm kind of all over the place. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of like a little bit of everything. Um, as long yeah. as it's weird. Yeah, I like, I like weird stuff. Like, I like Tom Waits and... Yeah, uh, see, I'm... I'm Dude, I'm, I'm I'm old school metalhead that went through a little bit of a country phase and now listens to whatever the kids put on and yeah, you know, and I, I as far as music's concerned, I can pretty much deal with any of it. Take take or leave at this point in my life, but which is funny. It's like why am I being led to this music ministry? <laughs> you know, um, yeah. but 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 I love it. I mean, I, I love the whole narrative behind music, if nothing else. Um, I just listened to the new Now That's What I Call Music CDs. That's all I listen to. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Linkin are, Park. Are those the ones that are all covers by somebody else, but they're yeah. hit songs or whatever? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that's probably the same cut kind of stuff my kids listen to i'm sure um and and so they hear a song like school's out from alice cooper and they think it's a brand new song just you know <laughs> yeah um so anyway with with billy corgan here tell me what that song means to you because because you had talked about the the ecclesiastical nature of it all which really fits perfectly yeah like in ecclesiastes uh solomon is talking about how everything is vanity and you know, the more wisdom you have, the more sorrow you have. And with increased wisdom is increased sorrow. And um, yeah, like as a Christian, you kind of, I remember praying one time because the Bible says that human beings are, are wicked and deserve hell. And I remember thinking like, that doesn't seem right. You know, like, what about the little old lady that's so sweet or what, you know, that's like this fictitious person in my mind. And I prayed that God would sort of reveal to me how the human heart and how my heart is wicked. And I feel like he answered that prayer in a pretty dramatic way. And it was just wild for me. And so like the lyrics of the song, for instance, like the world is a vampire sent to drain, you know, even just that first line is like, just thinking about all the friendships that I've had with people and how they were all selfishly motivated. Like you just use people. Mm. Um, for your own gains and you know even if it's just let me go over to your house because you're the kid that other people think is cool but if you weren't if other people didn't think you're cool I wouldn't hang out with you if you didn't have a PlayStation I wouldn't hang out with you. right I was gonna say Nintendo 64 with all yeah. the games James Bond blah 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 <laughs> so even like the first it's like it shows his sort of uh, understanding you know just right away I feel like and you know, and he says, like, what do I get for all my pain, betrayed desires, and a piece of the game? And, like, you know, as Christians, we always, like, talk about how people are always going for the next thing. They think it's going to satisfy them, and then it's elusive. So you go for something else, and it's elusive, and it didn't really satisfy you like you thought it would. You know, he says, like, betrayed desires. That's what you get, you know, for yeah. all your pain in this life. And apart from Christ, it's like, yeah. And... I was going to say that first, I don't know what you, verse or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that first verse where the world's a vampire. I think back to when I was in Kentucky, um, you know, in the film industry, everyone's out to get each other. It's all about, you know, everyone's trying to become more successful than the next person. And it's just, not, you know, not only that, but just the lifestyle I was living, it's so cannibalistic. And it's like you, you sacrifice yourself, you know, it's like this Faustian deal where it's like you sacrifice yourself in exchange for what, you know, at the end of the day, what do you have? You have some memories and maybe some STDs, but, <laughs> but you really don't have yeah, anything. which can come with some flashbacks, I'm guessing. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, like he says, in a piece of the game. Yeah, like you know, climbing the corporate ladder, climbing the whatever ladder. It's like you, yeah, you got what you were aiming for, but it's like it's nothing. Mm -hmm. The wind. Ultimately, yeah, Ecclesiastes touches on this, and I think this song does. But I think, I think an honest atheist or just anyone who's not religious, um. If Jesus is not the Messiah, the only other alternative we have is nihilism. I mean, I think I think that's a logical conclusion. Mm -hmm. And so why not play this game? You know, because ultimately if our goal is to just seek pleasure to sort of alleviate our fear of the nothingness that we're going to inherit when we die, then this is the only way to go. Mm -hmm. And this is just kind of how it is, you know, survival of the fittest. And yeah. And it, everything else is just a religious game. People play to the weak minded or the, the people yeah, who it's are power and status and authority yeah. and all that other yeah. stuff. Um, now, you know, I was reading up a little bit on, on some of what Corgan had to say about the actual song and Dave, uh, you might be able to speak to some of this being a little bit into that industry and talking about some of the things you just said, but, and I've noticed this too, after, you know, meeting a few musicians and talking to them and really 
hearing what they go through on the road, but it's like a hurry up and wait mentality where, you know, it's three to four hours a night of somebody just wanting to, a piece of them, so to speak, yeah. but yeah. nothing, nothing substantial in return for that. Um, and, you know, with a lot of those bands, especially in the eighties and nineties and stuff, it was just a bunch of groupies hooking up after the show, you know, meaningless sex and, and, you know, debauchery, so to speak. Yeah. And then just off to the next town and the, the game starts again. But, um, but I really kind of thought that was cool. And he, and Corgan says that he wrote it kind of in jest in some ways talking about, you know, being a musician and constantly the, you know, the world wanting to suck the life out of him basically Oh yeah, because he had written so many songs or this or that. And, you know, even stardom, so to speak, which is always funny to me because you get these people that become mega superstars and then they cry about it a little bit, even athletes <laughs> and stuff, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, especially athletes, so to speak, because they're, they're on, you know, depending on what sport they play, they get like three or four, maybe five months off, you know? So, yeah. Didn't Peyton Manning, like after his, however many Super Bowl ring, he's just like, like I thought there would be more to it than this or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. And it's like, nope, it's, know you know, it's just a job like anybody else. You you got a few more zeros behind your paycheck. Well, quite a few more, but yeah. yeah. But anyway, I, I think it really kind of speaks to, to even, even though he wrote it in jest, everything it, that, you know, we've kind of discussed here with that really still falls in line with, what what they have to go through and and so what what was your position uh dave in that you know in that world like wh what was it that was so dog eat dog just trying to climb that ladder and outdo the other well, person yeah so i was a director and a writer and so um uh so like at one point we were we were trying to get a feature film made which mm -hmm. is an incredibly difficult process but I know, you know, if I name drop or something, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just, this is what I went through. But like, we, sure. well, it's like, you know, we went to, we went to Hollywood and uh, we had to meet with all these producers and stuff. And um, I remember having a meeting with uh, one of the guys who is a producer for the Godfather part two. We were pitching him our script. Godfather four. No, it was, uh, it was something <laughs> else, but it's really people will pretend like people liked our script and so they'll pretend to like us but really what they're trying to do is they're trying to take it from us yeah. and make it their own thing and so there's this constant game of um of trying to figure out is this can i trust this person are they going to stab me in the back which most of the time it's they're trying to stab you in the back and so sure. you, you never really know where you stand on anything. All the relationships are completely superficial. And the moment, um, if you have a hit or, if, you know, if you're well-known or if you know someone famous, people will latch on to you. But the moment you kind of lose that edge, everyone just abandons you. And so it's a really empty it leaves you with this really empty feeling because ultimately it's like no one actually cares about me. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, no, no one's really there for me. If I have an impressive IMDB page, everyone's around, but the second I become a janitor, no <laughs> one seriously, you know, it's yeah. like no one wants anything to do with me now. Right. Um, and so it's just a very empty you know, and then you question your own self-worth because, you know, you, you begin to internalize it and think that you're worthless. Well, and it's where you're pulling that self-worth from too. That, that Yeah. You're yeah, only as good as, in my case, I, you know, I was only as good as what I could write or direct mm -hmm. or connections I could make. And so, you know, you throw famous names. Oh, like, oh, I know so-and-so. And everyone's like, oh, really? And then they're interested in you and it's such an empty, sad, it's very lonely. Yeah, he was actually supposed to be like the co-owner. I won't say anything like this specific. Okay. But he was supposed to be the co-owner of a company and like somebody somebody really, really famous as like sister or brother showed up and they just took took his spot like that because they were, you know, 
related to somebody famous and he was sort of ousted just that easy and so uh it's just a hard way to live and i Mm -hmm. feel like that's not that's not just with the you know hollywood world that's also with you know even in the gay world it's kind of like that it's if if you're popular if you're attractive you know if you can if you can sleep with the the guys that everyone else wants to sleep with and it's just you know different permeations of it you know it's but it's still kind of the same thing right you're only worth whatever you can get for people or whatever sort of weird facade you can project well and and i th- i think that, i think what's interesting to me is religion's the same way you know and i'm talking about religion i'm not talking about relationship i'm not talking about you know people that that have found what the true meaning is but you you know <clears throat> since i've started this process of going down you know the route of quote unquote ministry which i don't really necessarily even like the word ministry i just like it being this is my walk this is what i'm doing this is this yeah. is you know what i feel like i've been called to do um and like there's certain like certain churches won't come together for for instance you know because this church is afraid that they're going to take their members and this church is afraid they're going to take their members even in the church world so to speak i guess church is the best way to put it there's like this dog eat dog mentality still a little bit you know i'm afraid that if you know, you come in and do this, or we we do this together. Like like we've tried so hard to get churches to come together for community events and to do outreach and things of that nature, and it's almost like you have to do it as a grassroots thing on its own without the churches together because the churches together don't want to work. They yeah. they want to do it separately instead of, you know, it it's it it's it's always about like I I can go to somebody and say, hey, I'd really like to see us do this or you know do a festival or do a, a com- concert or whatever and let's go out to the fairgrounds and do it they're constantly like well what is it what does it bring back to the church what what does it do for us and it's like yeah right what, is it, what does it matter <laughs> you know we're, we're trying to bring christ to the lost but uh yeah dude i cannot tell you since i've started this how many messages i've got that say you're demonic and your ministry is demonic and <laughs> the fact that you would ever even think that you know god could speak through secular music is just of the devil and this and that oh yeah and and i'm like it's just a narrative it's just a language you know i look at music as a language at this point if i'm going to brazil on a mission trip i better know how to speak spanish if if i'm gonna go in even the apostle paul even the apostle paul quotes Mm -hmm. pagan philosophy yeah yeah greek and poetry yeah and poetry Yeah. And it's like Paul did it in the Bible. So right. and he used it to bolster his own opinion. And now it's in the Bible. Like that thing is in the Bible. Right. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. And it's it I mean what what was he talking about? The unknown God that they were already worshiping. And he's like, Oh, I know who that is. Let me tell you, you know. Yeah, yeah. like how the Cretans like they say that you guys are like He's you like, know? Your own people say that Cretans are liars and lazy drunkards. Yeah. He's like your own poets say this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's craziness. It's, it's, it's again, coming back to that religion. It sort of seems like that's been the, the theme of, of this episode, so to speak is religion versus relationship, because there is a clear difference. And I think what you were saying, you know, one of the things we really kind of try to look at with, with song in verse two is that we've all been created in his image and it only makes sense that we want to find purpose and meaning because that's been designed inside of us to find purpose and meaning in him. And if we're not finding it there, we've got to define it somewhere else. Like you guys have been saying, and it's almost like some of the narrative narrative that you're saying, it's like if somebody has identified what that is for them, then they've got to defend somebody else for that person finding it for themselves as well. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It's almost like I've defined what mine is. You define what yours is. Let's team up together until everybody else or tell Christianity per se that they're wrong 
because it's always it's always Christians that are pointed out and like attacked. You know, it's never the Buddhists. It's never the. I mean, it's never the Islamists, even. You know. It, I mean, isn't isn't it telling though that Christians are often the most attacked when, on the one hand, you know, if our religion is false and we're all lunatics, why attack us if we're right. crazy? Just right. let us be crazy and do your own thing. A lot of us are crazy. Yeah, sure. You know what else is crazy? Speaking of crazy Christians, is a lot of the a lot of missionaries I've read. They've said like their most harshest critics have been other Christians Mm -hmm. and like you were saying of people calling you demonic and and like the story we shared uh earlier is like you know our one of my friends telling us like he's gonna cut off our friendship because we don't agree with like certain things the bible condemns it's like these are all Christians people saying they're Christians either in any case and like they get so fired up because they're treating Christianity as a religion, whether maybe they're truly saved, maybe they're not, but they're definitely like operating from a standpoint of a man centered sort of religious, you know, dogmatic thing. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to get that passionate about what somebody else is doing and what they're doing that offends you, it, it, it sounds, you know, I, I guess a little higher than, you know, holier than thou or whatever, but, but get passionate about your own walk, get passionate about what God wants you to do and stick to that, you know? And yeah. I mean, maybe it doesn't sound holier than thou or whatever, but it's just sort of, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know why every, why is everybody else in everybody else's business so much? I no, guess. I, is, Dave and I were talking about this and I truly believe, so Jesus gave everybody a mission. You know, you believe you have been given a specific task and like with your, you know, ministry and like a lot of people don't feel that way. A lot of people um, like the Bible is pretty clear on what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be loving people, sharing the gospel and seeking him with our whole heart, mind's own strength. And so like, if you're not doing that, you are going to adopt another mission, you know, people don't want to think of themselves as like lazy, good for nothing, you know, so they'll adopt some kind of a mission. And usually the low hanging fruit is like, you know, be a bully and mm-hmm. pick on somebody who's like, not, a, you think that they're doing something wrong. Well, I, I guess the way that I've always looked at it is, you know, there's 207 bones in the human body and something tells me those two little bitty bones in your ear that allow you to hear just as important as your femur is. And so I look at the human, at, at the, the body of Christ is the same thing, you know? Yeah. I, I don't look at it as just hands and feet or anything of that nature. It's 207 working pieces. You know, last week's podcast episode, she was talking about a puzzle. And if you think about the body of, of Christ is like a thousand piece puzzle and each one of those people in there are, are you know, um, playing their role how pissed off do you get when you're you're in a thousand piece puzzle and you cut them down to one and there's that one piece that's missing and it ruins the whole thing. And mm-hmm. how can you expect border pieces to know what these pieces over here are doing and all this other stuff? And and it was just kind of eye-opening in some ways to really think about it in that perspective of I don't have to understand what you're doing, but if you claim that the cornerstone in your life is Christ, then I should want to help you further and get to that point, you know, in whatever it is that your calling is and walk alongside you instead of totally, you know, downplaying everything that you're about. I mean, and, and I guess that's where some of that American gospel stuff comes in for me. It's like, you know, I, here I am, you know, nobody knows me, so to speak, but, but the fact that I can talk about the Guns N' Roses song, Patience, which actually has a, ver- a fruit of the spirit right there in the name of the song, I don't care what those guys do. It's a narrative. Let's talk about what the lyrics say, you know, and, uh, that's silly. It's yeah. A, yeah. So, so it's, it's like, that's, that's where that whole American gospel thing from, from my flesh sort of comes from. It's like, okay, what, you know, let's sit down and talk about these things together instead of just wanting to point 
fingers. I mean, cause a certain amount of that is how much did those guys get paid to do that movie too, you know? Um, and I don't want to bash that movie. I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to make it sound like that, but cause I think everything that you guys said earlier is very valid too. There are some false teachings. There are some things that, that we need to throw up some, some red lights and say, look, you know, look deeper and look further. And I think one of the best things that I've ever heard any, any uh, pastor say from the pulpit is don't take my word for it. Go and go open your Bible, search the Holy spirit and ask for your own discernment in this too. Don't just, you know, take what I've been, you know, what I'm spewing out up here. And uh, And we say that a lot in our podcast, we're very clear. We're not pastors. Right. We'll play one on TV. Yeah. I don't play one on TV. (laughs) This is, you know, we're just trying to figure out, christianity we want to be biblical we want to honor jesus but if we say something you do your own research because we're not infallible and if we do make a mistake sometimes we don't even do research sometimes (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's like i don't know at the end of the day we're going to be judged on what we do and not what other people do Mm -hmm. and um i think we forget that a lot of the time (laughs) <laughs> yeah, totally. And, um, you know, despite all of our rage, we're still just a bunch of rats running around. So, hey. That's true. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> so, man, so that ease. The, I mean, this has been great, guys. So, Pulp Christian Podcast, any any uh, episodes coming up soon that anybody, anybody should know about? Are there any talking points that you guys are just – you, you mentioned gender roles. What, what else you got on here that you've been thinking about? So uh, – our latest podcast that we recorded uh, a few hours ago, so it's not out yet, but uh, one of the things that, that we want to do is try to get uh, different perspectives mm-hmm. from within Christianity, so we're not just strictly one thing. Um, so today we had on a friend of mine who's a, a Presbyterian pastor, and he, uh, he, he talked about, you know, covenant theology infant baptism and some uh, eschatology things and uh so yeah so our show is really we're just trying to get a broad picture of christendom mm-hmm. um so that's our latest thing that it's yeah. it's not out yet we he, what he means too is like that we have guests on that we don't always agree with 100 percent. so we challenged him on a few things we had a guy who's pretty pro like this is a convoluted issue, which you'll know if you listen to this show, but, uh, you know, he's very pretty pro like being gay and Uh, Justin. Yeah. His name is Justin Lee. Um, if you, do you know who Matthew Vines is? No, but I, I listened to your all's Justin Lee episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those, those are the, like, we have people on that we don't agree with, but we do challenge them. And then we have mostly just a lot of fun taking people's questions and, uh, you know, turning them into Bible wisdom, I guess, but. Well, it's more of just a discussion, you yeah, know. It's, that's true. You know, someone asks us a weird question and we'll try to come at it from a few different angles. We'll do some research and it's like, here's what we found. You, you know, make your own decision. Yeah, do your own research, but <laughs> it's fun to talk about. Right. Now, yeah. and, and I'm going to put all your guys' uh, stuff in the discussion area, but are you guys on Twitter, Facebook, and and can anybody just ask you any questions anytime they want, oh, yeah. message you, stuff like yeah. that? For we, sure. We welcome that. Yeah, yeah, I think we are Pulp Christian Podcast at gmail.com for questions if people don't want to get on social. But yeah, we have Facebook, Instagram, and uh, that's it. But we're on like every, just about everything podcast-wise, you know, Apple and Google and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I'm, you, you guys are like... I'm really working on, and, and this this Monday's episode is actually going to be just me talking about where Song and Verse is going and the new website and all that stuff. And one one things I want to do is create a section that has other podcasts that people can go to, other resources and stuff like that. And That'd so, awesome. yeah, definitely you guys are going to be up there on, on the list because, you know, I've heard enough to know that, hey, you know, the narrative you guys are bringing to the table is vitally important because like I said, they're not getting this on a Sunday morning. This is, this is real life. And, you know, it's not to downplay 
you know, what actually goes on in the brick and mortar side of things, but there's so much more that goes on throughout the week that we can work and, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. So, yeah. And we love to do this again sometime, you know? Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Have, this you, is... have you on our, our show sometime. Sure. Whatever you guys want to do. That's great. Yeah. Um, so Tyler and Dave, any last words? I think the thing we harp on the most in our podcast is wherever you're at, whatever community you are at with other believers, be honest and uh, yeah, create a culture of honesty. Otherwise, it's all going to be fake. And I guess be willing to be open and honest about whatever. Awesome. So there's the word for you right there, honesty. And so you can take that all to the bank, folks. That's the end of this episode. This is Rocking Odd Todd signing out for this episode. And uh, everybody take care. Thanks. See ya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Song of Verse podcast. Hopefully it was an uplifting, honest, and meaningful experience for you. We do accept donations. If you feel led to give to the Song and Verse Ministries, check out songandverseministries.com slash donate for a number of different ways to give back. And also be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We hope you turn into the next episode of the Song and Verse podcast. Until then, keep searching for the DNA of God's Word found flowing through song.